you know, intelligence ties or whatever. Um, again, you know, we, we pointed at the, the quiet quit. Some fucking think tank thought up the quiet quitting bullshit. And that's, that's all of Bloomberg. Um, that's so smart though. Oh like, yeah. That is good think tank. Though. Yeah. I, like, I'm not saying it's like actually like useful. Like, no, it's, it's terrible garbage, but, but it's objectively like smart. If you're a power hungry, you know, douchebag that's like, try to, to stay in power. Um, so you get well, the same, there was no name for it for the longest time besides like malicious compliance. Right, I right, right. Um, or I don't know, just doing what you're paid to do and nothing more, just doing your job. Yeah, actually, no, it's not even malicious compliance. It's literally just doing your Just job. doing your job, Sorry, yeah, I, yeah. I, I miss misprescribed. That's right. But uh, what we used to be just doing your job is now quiet quitting. Um, and of course, that's happening. It, they're freaking out about that, not only because it's always in their interest to try to drag more work out of other people, and they're worried about political consciousness, but the bigger thing is they've lost so much workforce to not only COVID death, but to long COVID disability. And so they're trying to get other people. They forced the whole workforce back and, and cut all, you know, they, they can't cut any more benefits. They've sent you back to work. People are in there just dying and consuming and pretending COVID doesn't exist. And it's still not enough profit because they've lost the workers. And so they're trying to figure out how to pry more work out of you. And that's what this fucking quiet Look quitting into, is. like the Tyson meat factories mm. shit during COVID. Oh that yeah. shit's fucked up. Well, Tyson meat factories have always been fucked up i mean they've, they've got people like wearing no, diapers sure, yeah, and no. yeah harassing oh, people and jesus christ um well, even then just like the state of the chicken and then mm-hmm. like um um who was it the guy who did supersize me and was completely dishonest oh yeah used his dishonesty to his advantage and made a chicken restaurant in the second one mm-hmm. and uh fucking like showcased how the chicken industry complies with FDA regulation for these labeling. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you need, like, you don't need six feet of space. But he gave his chickens six feet of space to leave the coop. Oh, jeez. And that was free range. Oh, jeez. That's free range. <laughs> so it's like, uh, maybe you shouldn't pay $6 for the brown eggs because <laughs> they say free range on That's them. right. They're not, re- they're not really doing anything. Um... But anyway, what I was going to say is, is this is one of those conspiracies that you should, you know, you should remember this phone being wiped and, and eyebrows being raised and it, and it, it obviously has some colonial connection to think the U.S. isn't involved here. I bet 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's a a coup attempt. Mm -hmm. Like freaking CIA backs. I mean, most of these dudes that are like neo-Nazis, they're all trained by U.S. fucking generals Mm -hmm. and shit. Uh, fucking Blackwater contractors, Eric, Eric Price, the fucking or Prince, Prince whatever the fuck yeah. his name is. Yeah, I was like, oh, Price. that guy. Oh no, yes, Eric Prince. I actually know him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, freaking, he uh, he founded Blackwater, and he mm-hmm. literally was a part of fucking the government. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, they, there's not these guys are not disconnected from the government, from the military, from intelligence sources, from each other, you know. And then on top of that, they have the the class connections and the in the class um, interests that that align. Um, but yeah, no, I guarantee this goes up because the U.S. has been. I mean, I think it's the Economist was already coming out with it, an article. Uh, Might have been Bloomberg. That's always the. Economist. It's always the Economist. Yeah. But it was like how the Constitution in Chile could be so bad, and the first like paragraph was entirely about lithium. And how Chile was like a lithium-free market. So you, I guarantee you, the U.S. Lithium, was yeah, trying to last second. Only South America. Mm-hmm. I guarantee the U.S. was trying to 
to try to like get a coup in real quick before this constitution passed because the constitution is a hell of a lot more important than who's in charge. But again, who is in charge is there to allow that constitutional vote. If it was still, you know, uh, a person of, of Pinochet's party, they would they would just disrupt it and, and knock it out, right? You know. Well, for sure. Um. So yeah, do not forget that as as a conspiracy that is real. That that is definitely some imperialism bullshit with that assassination attempt. Right, we're gonna find out like ten years. Right, before. exactly, but, uh, exactly. After our revolution, yeah. hopefully. Fingers yep. Um, uh, oh, who wants to read? I can start if you want. Or do we have any more current events? I don't have any current <laughs> events if if you don't. So okay. Oh oh yes. wait wait wait! Just a little little win on you know, you know former colonies. Mm-hmm. India yes. has a bigger economy than the yes. UK. Um, that's not good for Marxists, but that's good. It's it's just just, just in the world. It makes yeah, you feel good. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's like I'm not I'm not pretending. You know, Ireland right now is some kind of socialist utopia. But like any anything Ireland beats England at, I'm like, yeah. You know, I mean, like any time a former colony succeeds, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm patting myself on the back. (laughs) All right, so uh, page 25, demilitarization. The only reference to national security in the current Green New Deal calls climate change a threat multiplier. The Pentagon used the same language in in a 2015 congressional report. I misread that both times. God damn it. Uh, Detailing how all strategic commands are, as a matter of necessity, integrating climate change onto their global counterinsurgency operations. The intelligence community's 2019 Worldwide Threat Assessment warns that environmental degradation and climate change are likely to fuel competition for resources, economic distress, and social discontent. In the present and near future, by threatening infrastructure, health, water, and food security. Again, you know, and, and we said this last time, climate change to them, they're they're setting it up as a national security thing to be done by 2015 when the, the effects are in full swing. And anything in the in the way of that, like in the meantime, is just calculating into your plans. It's a factor, right? So just like, you know, the rest of us humans are like, oh my God, a pandemic is killing people. But some corporation would be like, how does the pandemic affect our sales? We should we should factor well, that in. Like the government is basically well, doing that should, with climate change. We should go back to, you know, colonial actions mm-hmm. of the past and see where this, you know, comes from. And we can we went over it. The pick slow mm-hmm. plan. We are not telling you this as a policy you should adopt, but rather to tell you of the events to come. You know, it is not, they don't give a shit about anybody but themselves, mm-hmm. you know, that's literally it. That's their entire class interest. And there's plenty of fucking artists in the ruling class. There's plenty of fucking sports players. There's plenty of fucking people that they mm-hmm. own. They essentially own. They do not need us because they will just make those people the new workers. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's a very and they're working on robotics because it's not it's not because they want to replace middle like minimum wage workers. It's because they just want to be over relying on humans for their protection, knowing that they will yeah rise up. Oh, ab- absolutely! I mean, we talked about the robotic dogs and shit, and the the um, that shit's spooky. Yeah. But well, uh, fucking they want to. Put that shit on border yeah. control. That's where they want to deploy those dogs. Oh yeah, I mean, again, you know, just run down immigrant children crossing the border. At, yeah, NSA and fucking forty miles an hour. NSA and this. 
That's how fast those motherfuckers NSA, are. the CIA, the, the Pentagon, they're all integrated with Google and Amazon. And that's not just like good business or because they're big or, or, or just to get information. Well, it's, even Coinbase, even Coinbase was selling information mm-hmm. to us. Cryptocurrency. So all you fucking crypto bros out there, fuck you. Sorry, I'm I crypto. Oh, yeah. I mean, just immense. We talked about the 10% climate um, carbon reduction and, and it coming from cruise ships and planes and the military still going. Cryptocurrency was also a factor in that, why things only dropped 10% during the 2020 shutdown, too, because it just burns energy. That 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 uh, the coin mining just destroys. Well, um, even then, I, it, it's easy to figure out where why energy didn't mm-hmm. drop. It's not cars that mm-hmm. the problem. Cars are yeah, a problem. Yeah, yeah, but cars are not the mm-hmm. problem. The problem is capitalism. Mm-hmm. The one percent uses eighty percent of the energy on Earth. You know, so it's not my car that's going to help stop climate change. It's when the ruling class dials it back, if we only saw a drop of 10%, that means cars and everything else the working class does outside of their homes pretty much doesn't affect Yeah, I mean, we said that during the shutdown, and, and I, I, I said it went away, and then none of it went away. Um, but See, I'm not caught up with your shutdown <laughs> Well, no, I just... We, That's going to be an interesting period we, to get to. We that. said it out here, though. It's, it's, you know, I, and I shouldn't have said go away. Like, people didn't go away, capitalism didn't go away, but, like, people didn't stop functioning normally. Like, you still ate, you still drank, you, you maybe didn't go out, but you were still the same person. But the commerce, the market, capitalism stopped functioning normally, and all of a sudden we, you know, that was... That was where we saw like the the rivers getting cleaned up and stuff like that. And even with that, capitalism still existed, and so the effects were minimal, right? Yep, because they didn't stop producing Mm-mm. stuff. They were preparing for us to. Well, first off, they were still producing stuff for us to buy in our homes and mm-hmm. deliver in the fir- well in the first world. Everybody else in the third world pretty much had to just yeah. Keep and let's not act like I mean you know? th- again individualized delivery, right? Instead of mass delivery. Um, you know, not that you wouldn't be driving to a retail store anyway, but that's still that's using more carbon to individually deliver everything to people than than people that would take less trips to the store because they're worried about how much gas it costs them or how much time they want to cut out of their day. Not to mention, you know, the variety mm-hmm. means that there's now like ten different people doing the exact mm-hmm. same shit, and you're just like picking your favorite person to waste our fucking lives. Mm-hmm. So you can fulfill DoorDash. I mean, DoorDash. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. Okay, let's stop. Complaining about that. I feel like, oh man. Accor- um, according to. Oh, did you have something else before we go? Okay. No, no, no. I was just. According to June 2019 intelligence briefing. According to June 2019 intelligence briefing, former U.S. President Donald Trump tried to suppress the State Department cautions that because of climate change, local problems in sub-Saharan Africa, the Middle East, and Central and Southeast Asia make these regions especially vulnerable for unrest that could spill over with global consequences. The goal... And then you... Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Notice how he wanted to capitalize on South mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the, the focus was, well, they explicitly said that, right? Like the war on terror was over and essentially we're back to the Red Scare, but that was too focused on South America, right? Um, 
The goal, then, is to contain the threat multiplier, 22 million potential climate refugees. The military, which has long produced reports about climate aspects, is already going green by focusing on national security, which means protecting the welfare of wealthy countries, specifically U.S. citizens, and their economic interests, while portraying those in poor countries who suffer the worst effects of warming temperatures as security threats. Most Green New Deal advocates to date support security-friendly co- climate policies. Um, and obviously, I mean, it's very clear how othering Global South populations will just lead to them being life that does not matter. Being exposal or ex- expendable, you know. The Green Party's 2012 version of the Green New Deal platform envisioned... Cutting the bloated U.S. military budget in half, which would still make the U.S. military spending the highest in the world and nearly twice as much as China's. The U.S. military, with nearly 800 bases worldwide, more than 70 countries and territories, in more than 70 countries and territories, plays no positive role in the world. Even at half its capacity, U.S. militarization of the globe has to end. We can start by defunding the U.S. military and reallocating its resources to the parts of the world and the peoples of the United States has destroyed, destabilized, or dispossessed. We can also reject the militarization of the global North humanitarianism, which under neoliberalism has simply become a mechanism of hybrid war that functions alongside sanctions and warfare to uphold U.S. imperialism throughout the world. We instead advocate for internationalism, the making of just and peaceful relations within the nations of this world, which is based in solidarity that transcends borders and decenters the imperial core. So Elizabeth Warren suggests bullets that plant invasive species of flowers all across where the U.S. decides to invade. Oh, Unlike Ro- It's much like Rome... Sowing Carthage's fields with salt, except Warren dreamed of our war machine planting flowers on the blood of brown people. The border town is this violence and is where the Green New Deal's revolution not for uh, well, will take place. Not the reservation, not for colonized peoples, and not in a way that heals the earth and protects, well, helps the third world. Um, but instead one that allows for the growth of capital. If there is any form of gun control, we will start with po- we should start with police and the military whose surpluses supply mass shooters like at Vegas uh, like in Vegas or Highland Park uh, or get sent off to fucking the Ukraine um, or, and now Taiwan. Uh, yeah. No one should be surprised that in a hypermilitarized white supremacist state, this would be what caretaking looks like to them. Yep, nope, that's a very good um, tie back to the caretaking. And that's exactly what, what happens, right? Is the U.S. military machine is like, well, who is in the in crowd? And whoever's not, they've got a target on their back. They're a threat, right? All of these zombie apocalypse movies, it's not a matter of zombies being out there. It's a matter of climate refugees and they see people of the global south in the exact same fashion as as you would see a zombie in a zombie, you know, apocalypse movie, right? Oh yeah, like people don't realize how fucking Well, first off, most of the people of color on cast are mm-hmm. usually playing the zombies in like The Walking Dead, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like it's a little too on the nose with how it's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. play, I guess. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, people rightly kind of took this attitude of like, oh, how would we be in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, COVID's a test run and, and we failed. And, and I get it. That's not wrong. But really, again, these zombie apocalypse are not like what would happen if a disease broke out. It's what's going to happen when there's global unrest and how do these rulers think of people? And anyone who's not in the bourgeoisie uh, of the global north is a zombie to them and is a threat and must be dealt with and must be, you know, contained away and, and killed if they find their way in. What's that? The horde on the border. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so, uh, well, how much time do we have? Uh, we original recording time. I don't anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're only 24 minutes in and okay, we're going to have to cut okay. like a few minutes of it. So we're okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So, land back. It's only two words, but might as well be a secret message on a Cracker Jack box back. Landback means dissolving the settler relations that are killing the planet and replacing the uh, many nations that have been suppressed from their right to self-determination. People have asked what does Landback mean for so long on the left, and I finally have figured out a way to describe it in Marxist terms. And that is that. Um... Those were my words. So, the best forms of environmental policy come from... The, this is the book. Yeah, yeah. We've, we switched gears to the book now. So. <laughs> That's why I said that. <laughs> the best forms of environmental policy come from the bottom up. And uh, mo- momentous... Monumentous is what I was going to say. But momentous change only happens with the might of a people's movement behind it. In North America, change begins with the land. One of the primary sources of both wealth and and inequality. As Dina, uh, I'm going to say Gilio Whitaker. I think it's Gilio, but. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't. <laughs> it looks like either of those could be true. We'll go but, with it. From the Colville Confederated Tribes argues in her book, As Long as Grass Grows, settler state conversion policies stem from protecting, quote unquote, slivers of nature by killing and removing indigenous peoples from the land to create nature reserves, national and state parks, and quote-unquote public lands. Under Trump's administration, millions of acres of the land were opened up to oil and gas extraction, threatening indigenous sacred sites and surrounding communities. So back to my words. As Lennon argues for the West, uh, Western uh, understanding of nationhood, there's a far older order of First Nations that Marx borrowed from, and they were pr- practically forgotten and now obscured. Theory and notes uh, from these two theorists actually will show that they did try to understand it a bit. Um, but this is uh, sort of a tradition that is hard to explain to Marxists um, because a lot of nuance is lost, right? Um, but ultimately speaking, like, um, I, I, when we were talking about Pick Sloan, um, you know, the public lands for public good, well, like, public land for public good is sort of the motto used. And it's not a bad motto. Yeah. The problem is, is like in South Dakota and North Dakota, a lot of that land, like the waterways people boat in and swim in for fun and form childhood memories are literally on the graves of indigenous people. Uh, there's this community called Big Bay near me um, that Henry Ford had a mansion in. And, well, no, it wasn't a mansion. It was like a four-bedroom house, but it's pretty big. It's the biggest house there. You know, sure, it, sure, sure. Uh, next to the Thunder Bay Inn, 
which is where they filmed Anatomy of a Murder. But, uh... <laughs> little fun facts. Uh, <laughs> the favorite party spot and, like, weddings destination there that everybody d- goes is um, called Squaw Beach. Eee. Yeah. And that's where, famously, it, it, the settlers would put the heads of indigenous people on pikes to discourage them from coming ashore. (sighs) But private land ownership has been equally devastating. The Homestead Act of 1862 carved up 270 million acres of indigenous territory for white settlers. The invaders pulverized buffalo skulls into fertilizer for their uh, plots of land. Um, Of land was my words. (laughs) <laughs> the sacred animals <laughs> slaughtered by I'm I'm editorializing, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> the sacred animals slaughtered by the millions to near extinction to starve indigenous peoples off the land once cleared uh you know once cleared and settled, homesteading produced wealth for generations of white settlers, while black native and non white people were categorically excluded. Were there weren't crops, industrial field lots, and grazing pastures for cattle replaced open-range buffalo herds. Today's large-scale industrial farming raises ethical questions, not about how these animals die, but about how they live. Um, so, to me, bread represents yeah. sort of conquest for this very reason. You know, whereas it was a, you know, I guess... One of the legs the Borge, well, not the Borge, the Bolsheviks stood on, you know, and lawns are sort of this display of progress to the settler. Like to own a lawn means you own your own land, you know. And a lot of um, suburban leftist conception of revolution it means we all get to live as suburbanites. Yeah, but to me, that's a fascist dream. Of a medieval utopia where everyone is their own king. The doctrine of discovery claims we did not use the land. They use it for non-native species, plantation forests, parking lots, and lawns. And you say, we don't use the land. Mm -hmm. U.S. presence abroad is their military basis. Forts uh, uh, of the new era with new so-called quote-unquote Indians... You know, uh, which is why I said in these situations when you're looking abroad and how we handle things, most of it draws back to the treatment of Indians and the Indian War. Indian Wars, I should say, which are long and well withstanding. Yeah. In Ohlone lands, which is like San Francisco, I learned they used the bones robbed from the burial mounds to make tennis court turf. They crushed up our bones and made cement. And played tennis on us. This is the legacy of colonialism. That is wasting land. But private land ownership has been equally devastating. Oh, we already read that. Today's mm-hmm. white settlers own 90% of the agricultural lands and 98% of privately owned land in the United States. White people. White people. This is not, you know, an issue everybody's dealing with. Sure, Jay-Z saying that calling him a capitalist isn't the N-word is kind of funny. But 
to be honest, I'm not worried about Jay-Z. The revolution, Jay-Z is not my target. I'm sorry. You know? (laughs) I understand Bill Gates is the largest landowner and fucking Ted Turner owns the largest herd of buffalo. Mm -hmm. That's not okay, and that's heralded as progress because, oh, Bill Gates is buying up all that land for conservation. You know, he's got the Gates Foundation. He's only doubled his wealth since selling Microsoft. He's doing good. He's doing so much good. So much good. No, he's he's not making any money off of this charity. None at all. He's just doing it out of his kindness of his heart. Right, right, right. So in 1970, Vine Deloria Jr. candidly spelled out the problem and even suggested a solution to North American settlers. Quote, It just seems to a lot of Indians that the continent was a lot better off when we were running it. He wrote in the New York Times. (laughs) Vine Deloria Jr.'s 1969 Custer Died for Your Sins. Everybody should read it. Um, Perhaps liberal-minded readers of that era thought it was clever wordplay, the posturing of a red power militant, attention-grabbing, sloganeering, but not a serious political demand. To the original people of the land, it was truth and prophecy. No society can ever have an ethical relationship to a place it stole. And today, Deloria's words sound more like rational environmental policy than militant jargon when compared to what's been on offer. Uh, A, quote, drive it like you stole it, end quote, mentality. Or more accurately, a, quote, live on it like you stole it, end quote, attitude. Um, There was a meme that went around uh, where, quote, they called us Quote, they called us primitive, but in 500 years, their way killed the earth, end quote. Today, there are liberals who f- fancy themselves revolutionary that don't understand our words, history, or struggle on the front line of m- many related struggles to land back. To us, a prayer you make, uh, to us, a prayer uh, or prophecy is um, a dream that you may come true. It requires our action blood and sacrifice to heal this planet and fulfill prophecy. It's not some uh, esoteric prediction um, that, but rather a materialist analysis with spookily accurate uh, you know, like spooky accuracy, I I Mm -hmm. should say. Of what the future will bring. uh, Which you should see Crazy Horse's vision of the Black Snake, which he predicts that a black snake will reach across the land and kill it. What else is that? Yeah. I'm sorry, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know what else that would be but pipelines. That Same. sounds an awful dumb, damn lot like oil to me, yeah. Like, what else would it mean? I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, but, you know, there's, when I say, you know, there are liberals who fancy themselves revolutionaries. Look at yourself and ask, how have I engaged with the indigenous people near me? And do I choose not to out of ignorance? I do not know, so I do not try. Self-reflect on that and self-criticize. So, under current U.S. law, indigenous sovereignty provides limited recourse. Tribes themselves represent a third sovereignty next to states and federal authorities. That's why I'm saying if the left can take advantage of 
scribes, and I shouldn't say take advantage of, but that's how you should look at it, you manipulative fucks. Sorry, so many of you literally use our language, our organizing, and our rhetoric, but don't credit us, don't mention us, and don't help us. So it's very frustrating if you're listening and you're one of those people. Um, If you're not one of those people, why are you so hurt? Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, The Imperialist Foundation of Federal Indian Law, however, severely limits the exercise of tribal self-government. Racist and colonial legal doctrines that make up the foundation of Federal Indian Law, such as the Doctrine of Discovery, um, domestic dependent nation status, and uh, plenary... Plenary? I don't, I don't know. How to uh, yeah, I don't know how to pronounce that. Plenary power, I guess. Yeah, sure. And oversight by the Bureau of Indian Affairs. Um, reveal that indigenous U.S. relations are colonial to the core and remain centered on the acquisition of land. Think about it. Even now, if a white communist says to me they want land peace and bread what you sound like is you want to over you just want to paste over colonial fucking injustice for a white person to demand peace right now is to demand us not reckon with the injustice of colonialism you know for a white person to demand bread right now is to demand the continued exploitation and destruction of indigenous land Literally, demanding bread is what that means. Sure, we can have bread in a revolutionary society, but really we should be looking at, I don't know, making the buffalo more prominent again. The salmon. Making food for us that automate the production of food for the working class. I don't know, maybe that's a more, you know, materialist aspect that no fucking country has addressed china is doing great with their urban gardening but they're not doing permaculture they're not Mm -hmm. cuba's doing great they're not doing that though Mm -hmm. these are indigenous ideals that only will come from indigenous people and that i want to say only come from indigenous people but when you trace the roots of where these ideals come from it comes from indigenous people you know uh where were we uh, oh, 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 yeah, I was explaining. So, you know, demanding land, obviously. Yeah, you should have a place to live. But demanding land, more land, can we focus an indigenous, like, can we give land back to fucking indigenous people first before we start giving land to fucking working? Like, there's so many people that have fucking just been devastated. Devastated. Their nations, devastated. Our, our our planet devastated. It's not. It didn't just hurt us. It's killing us now. Colonialism in the past is what's caused climate change today, and the settlers are reckoning what they sowed. Stop trying to lead the revolution and listen, Jesus. Ugh. So. The successive stages of federal Indian law, allotment, citizenship, tribal enrollment, termination, and self-determination, our current era, uh, have also in various ways presented colonial domination as a form of empowerment to enable indigenous consent for their own dispossession. 
In the 1970s, for example, the Nixon administration reversed the trend of terminating the federal status of tribes by introducing a new direction of, quote-unquote, Indian self-determination. Despite the name change, indigenous peoples and lands today are no more self-determined than they were during prior eras, largely because the United States still holds imperial and colonial control over indigenous nations. American Indian nations are also the only human beings who are under the boot of the Department of the Interior, the federal agency in charge of managing wildlife, parks, and Indians. Federal Indian law is due to, and for reference, we're the equivalent to wildlife in this country, legally speaking. Yeah, except except uh, treated as an invasive species because you're kicked oh, yeah. off of national natural reservations uh, too. That's 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 really the way it is, uh, right? So federal Indian law is due to uh, due for a complete overhaul, if not total dismantlement, which would go a long way towards undoing the hedge money of colonial relations that keeps indigenous life and land under permanent siege. And here's one of the examples of a paragraph that is suggesting a much more radical position, but presenting yeah. a liberal middle ground because as an indigenous person, I'm not talking to Marxists. I'm yeah. talking to every white person in America hoping that I can have a little bit of progress. I'm hoping we can go mm -hmm. from complete devastation to only mere poverty. Meanwhile, I'm I'm reading that and going, damn, we should have kept that anti Nixon rocket launcher from uh, <laughs> George Jackson's fuck. <laughs> well, so the thing is, is I don't think much of the Red Nation comrades have read George Jackson. But yeah. I think if they did, oh, y'all would just y'all would go so radical so quick. Yeah, I'm a little worried how radical people in the org would go. <laughs> that's that's the situation we're in there. But uh, <laughs> indigenous laws and governance systems would reemerge in place of federal Indian law. Treaties would be enforced not by U.S. government, but by indigenous nations. Land back would become mandatory, ushering in a different type of development and reconstruction of our fundamental relationship to land, not premised on ownership, but on collective well-being. Transforming our relationship with the land would create conditions for caretakers who aren't exclusively indigenous to inherit the earth, to work with, take care of, restore, and heal the land as diverse workers whose labor is bound, quite literally, with the land itself. We are citizens of a land that has yet to be brought into existence, but nonetheless exists in the recesses of our long historical memories and revolutionary imagination. Banger. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good. It's good. I think I think I gotta take over at least for a paragraph or I might no, not get sure. any reading in today because we're we're getting to the head of this. This is all banger. It's gotta no. it's I don't want it to not be so much banger, but it's really killing the pace. Well it's we have to just finish this paragraph and then we're on to a new section. There we go, there we go. Uh the focus, however, is not just on land within what is the domestic territory of the United States. Quote, unquote. Yeah, Quote, sorry. Unquote, sorry. It needs to be emphasized. It is not the domestic. It is just another example of foreign invasion. You just believe it to be your land because you're so fucking arrogant to not learn history. Anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, demilitarization also means land back to the nations and territories occupied by one of more than 800 overseas U.S. military bases that violate the sovereignty and deny the self-determination to millions. Guantanamo Bay, Okinawa, Korea, Guam, Hawaii, Hawaii. the Philippines, Hawaii, the Philippines, Iraq, Egypt, Afghanistan, Puerto Rico, El Salvador, Honduras, Panama, and so many other places that the U.S. occupies. The land, land back means the return of just relations between the human world and the other than human world. It means removing the overseas U.S. military threat that encircles and bullies other nations. Land back is about justice and about bringing in a new world based on peace and cooperation, not coercion and force. And when I... Was it this podcast I said this on? But land back isn't just about our problem, like indigenous people's problems. It is about our problem as in every human being on this fucking planet. Literally, that, I don't know how else to explain it. No, I mean, it, know, it, like yeah, it, finite it, resources are, are a problem for all of humanity. Uh, climate change is a problem for all of humanity. Well, you know. No, well, even then, you know, uh, indigenous sovereignty addresses anti-blackness because mm-hmm. the Cherokee refused to let black people join their nation. When, if you're talking about just relations, land back, black people are entitled to land due to the enslavement the Cherokee enforced on them. You know, not mm-hmm. just the Cherokee, the Choctaw, Seminole, etc. You know, not Seminole, but um, you know, the five civilized nations, um, which is what made them civilized. They took slaves. That's yeah, and yeah, which they thought would do them real good, and then then slave owner extraordinaire Andrew Jackson was like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, 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 and then fucking trail of tears happened, and mm-hmm. instead of like, "Oh man, I sympathize with these people," well, actually, they they sort of do that. You mm-hmm. know, they freed them. After the Trail of Tears, because they realized, oh, we only took you because, well, you know, I'd rather be a slave for an Indian than a white man, but that's, you know, a low bar. You shouldn't be a slave. Right. You know? <laughs> Let's just not have slaves. You know, <laughs> I'm sure like the Indian wasn't like, I would, I'm, I'm not even going to say that. I bet you they were doing that. Just horrible people owning slaves. But uh, I'm not a big fan of the Cherokee, unfortunately. They're helping lead. Like the Cherokee government, the ruling class mm-hmm. of the Cherokee, I should say. You know, let's separate that. I'm yeah. not fan of the Cherokee ruling class because for a very long time they have an unfortunate tendency to fall into reactionary tendencies. Except when, like, Wilma Mankiller was probably in charge. I don't know. And even that, I don't know all of her fucking policies. I bet you she did some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Who doesn't fuck up? Right, but I mean, again, that we're talking about a ruling class. We're talking about a ruling class that collaborated with the colonizers of its people, right? I mean, right. it's like, it's like you know, Cubans had their revolution and showed you know the real character they had, but there was definitely a ruling class that was close with Batista and, and fucked off largely to Miami that was there, and it's like you know those were collaborators with with colonizers or colonizers themselves, like that's. Uh, you can have a problem with a ruling class. You know, I know we're used to like the bullshit language that imperialists use of like, I'm not against the Chinese people, just the Chinese government. And they don't fucking mean it. They just want to stick their nose in it and topple another country. But that doesn't mean that they don't get away with those words because those words 
can be true in the right situation because of a government or, or, or a ruling class doesn't serve its people, then it is a distinct group. There is a class contradiction there. And the only reason I even went into this, because this is technically another case of shut up and let the book do the reading, but it really <laughs> needed to be said before we do the reading of itself of why it's not just an Indian problem. And that's yeah. where we're going to pick up next episode. Um, yes. So this has been a collaboration between the Red Nation and Mark's Madness. <laughs> Here I am in your episode. That's awesome. I know. Uh, <laughs> figured this shit out, I think. Yeah. You got uh, this. You got this. You got to go. Go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you could reach the Mark's Madness crew on on the Discord where I happen to also be. But, you know, David and Nathan, who yeah, is why you tuned into the show. Yeah, this is the late night after after hours where I take, you know, Nathan's job after taking David's job for a day. So, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, uh, what is it uh, at the Marks Madness Pod? Yeah, it's at Marks Madness Pod on Twitter, and DMs are open. Um, it's uh, Marks Madness. Um, pod at I think Send it's Mark's Madness. Picks. That's Nixon picks. No, <laughs> that's Nixon picks. <laughs> no, anti. We will we will return with anti dick pick rocket launchers. But no, it's uh, Mark's Madness Pod at gmail dot com, and uh, you can also get a hold of us on our Discord. A link is in the Twitter bio, or you can email us for the link. Um, and that is, of course, you know, uh, like Nathan says, it's a small. That shit on Twitter. I think. I, I mean, you've <laughs> like got to request was, your way in. I think, oh, but okay, I don't know. Okay, Nathan, okay. Nathan don't handles know that. that works, yeah. I don't know either. Nathan, Nathan does this part of it, and I, I don't know he handles it. But, uh, but it's like a phone number, right? I don't know. How it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, Nathan handles that shit, and obviously, you know, we're we're a little bit, uh, um, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen here with only two of us because we don't know what we're doing. Um, that's the wrong expression. I don't fucking know. We're misguided. I've used this program longer than those two, and they know how to use it better than me. So, that's, and David, I'm being generous with better than. Me. Yeah, I was gonna say this is that that's a Nathan thing. He he handles technology well. Um, I'm only a computer program, which means I write programs. I don't use other people's. That's what that's what I always tell people. Um, but anyway, that's, good. that's a good excuse. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of Linux dudes that are just stupid once it comes to Microsoft. <laughs> oh no, that's worse. I'm in I'm in uh, St. Louis, so it's or St. Louis Market, and so we're like the Microsoft programming language region. Everything C sharp here and shit. Oh, so see, up here, it's all about that graphic design, baby. Ah, nice, nice. Yeah, um, so anyway. So that's where we, you can get a hold of us. Uh, Shigmatic two plugs for uh, Red Nation and, and yourself. Oh, um, well, like I said, I do do a podcast called Bands of Turtle Island, but obviously this is a collaboration and more as organizing for me rather than as promotion for my podcast. So I try not to do it, but I only do it right now because I'm poor as fuck. So that said, I have my own podcast where I talk about uh, all the shit I rant about on here, basically. You know, if you hear one of my rants, you're like, man, I wish that rant went a little longer. Have I got a podcast for you? <laughs> <laughs> but that's that. You know, I like to think I do good work. I'm also in the process of making a six-part audio document. Uh, that's called Bands of Turtle Island. I said that right. 
Um, yes, but yes. I'm also doing a six-part audio documentary for People's History Podcast, uh, which is a Jacobin... Fun, uh, it's a guy-ass Jacobin. I don't know if, like... I don't know if it's a Jacobin podcast, but it's affiliated for sure. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, like... Uh, we went around interviewing indigenous elders. I just don't want to disrespect the elders we interviewed with that. Yard, sure. You know, sure. <laughs> you can no, keep I got that you. explanation in, but <laughs> anyway, but we interviewed elders, activists from back in the day, um, uh, you know, Brown berets, black men, you know, like, uh, we're, we're, we're trying to branch out to a lot of different people. And I even interviewed some of the, you know, right wing lunatics that, you know, are the antagonists in our story. Um, so, and hopefully, I might even get an interview with FBI agent David Price, but... <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I'll try to interview an FBI agent, motherfucker. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think I will before the release of it, unfortunately. But, it, you know, it would be cool to hear what the FBI says in a <laughs> candid conversation. I don't know. Um, doubtful it would ever be candid, but... <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, that has a Patreon. You can go support, which uh, I I no longer get any money from it. All the money that we get now is going towards paying um, uh, our editor. Um, I'm helping produce the music. I've started a band with our music guy. <laughs> I'm doing a million things. Uh, That's right. <laughs> but I'm producing the own. Mu- I'm helping produce the music for uh, the. the podcast and stuff but we want to pay the guy like he's my friend obviously he's a good comrade actually he did a uh, uh pros of the round tables uh game table oh nice intro or something like that maybe he also did theirs when they were still a thing but um they're not a thing anymore now it's invent the future or whatever but uh i digress uh there's uh you know that's the like, my patreon or whatever but more importantly is the renee red media patreon which goes to funding um you know indigenous uh activist writing podcasting blah 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 the boring stuff and then the cool stuff which is like there's a weekly feed in albuquerque that red nation does um you know they help people uh with covid and stuff get the care they need um down there and in pine ridge they help you know keep elders warm in the winter down there and in pine ridge and stuff um, and obviously like i'm trying to grow it up here but it's you know it's just starting out so um but actually uh nick and a couple people moved up to minnesota so uh you know, they're not that far away from me only four hours so you know if you help fund the gas on my patreon that's what that goes to uh but there yeah maybe it would even the red nation's patreon would go to that but i, don't, I haven't talked to him about it uh but that's besides the point jesus right. these get long as fuck <laughs> uh, uh, I'm on Twitter at Bands Island where you can learn more about this shit. Uh, the Red Nation is on at the underscore Red underscore Nation, um, and the big thing right now we're asking people to look at is uh, the Leonard Peltier Freedom Walk. Um, we're trying to advocate for Leonard Peltier's freedom. It's going to begin in Minnesota and go all the way down, to, all the way to D.C. The walkers are um, uh, going to arrive, I think, mid. November, end of October, something like that. Um, you know, cool, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's interesting how those are organized. I'd look into it if you're interested in that. 
Um, but other than that, there's also the GoFundMe for the Rec Bay Water uh, Rec Bay community, who has been asking for water relief for about two years from PFAS chemicals. Now the entire planet is poisoned by them. So let's help them at least because they've been asking for two years and only have a third of their goal. That's my reasoning. Please. Um, otherwise, you know, yeah, uh, go out and plant some fucking plants that have good roots. That sounds good. Um, and so, you know, remember permaculture folks, and I guess, uh, from there I'll jump with the disclaimer. So, uh, ever since me and Nathan had started the Mark's Madness side of this podcast, uh, what had happened is Nathan came up and he was like, hey, let's read Capital together. And anytime you're reading history, you're reading philosophy, you want to be reading it with other people. And so, you know, me and him read it together. We recorded it. We decided to share it. And lo and behold, all you guys are here with us. And hopefully uh, what we've wanted since the beginning is you're out in a group, you're out in your party, you're out in your cadre, um, whatever it is. And there's a reading group or a political education group within that um, organizing group. And hopefully they're reading these works along with us, and we can be another source of input, another voice for background, context, whatever, so that you get the most out of it. Uh, let's say that's not happening, and they're reading something shorter or something more focused on a project you're on, and you're reading this on your own. Hopefully we can be that reading group, and we can give you those reading group benefits, like reviewing over the context so you can remember it, um, tying it back to today, understanding uh, context around things and history behind them, things like that. And let's say that's not happening. And you're either just hearing this word for word, um, like an enhanced ebook, like we're doing here with the uh, Red Deal, or if it's a book we summarize more, whatever you can do to make these works more accessible to you, because we want these works out there guiding your actions. And when you put these works into action, that's a phenomenon called praxis. Uh, praxis, of course, can't exist without theory um, by definition, and theory is completely useless without the praxis. They go hand in hand, they are tied at the hip. And, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. No, that's okay. I'm used yeah. to it. See, that's the thing. I'm totally off track of that, Nathan. Yeah, um, I know, yeah, I know. So, well, I was going to say before we, you know, because it's normally like the end, right? Yeah, yeah, it's the end. Before we end it, I just wanted to give you a little, little like access to my brain, I guess. Okay. And why you should join my Patreon to see what I post on there that isn't public. Okay. Because uh, you, get, you get some funny shit. Yeah. Um, so, so when we when we said we are citizens of a land that is yet to be brought into existence, but nonetheless exists in the recesses of our long historical memories and revolutionary imagination, all I could think of is we are strangers. Oh God! A, this is total dad rock, man. <laughs> in a strange land. Uh, I think it's like maybe even Christian rock, but uh, fucking. I was gonna. I think it is. You should find that song and put it at the end. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I can. Oh God. Hold on. um, Yeah, that that, that's that's just what I wanted to say to end this episode. Hopefully, you you left before that point. (laughs) (laughs) It was such bad singing. Yeah, uh, I'm better when I sing in Lakota. <laughs> uh, that being said, this has been Mark's Madness Pod in collaboration with the Red Nation and Bands of Turtle Island. My name is David. And, oh, I, I'm I was waiting for Nathan. Yeah, he's <laughs> like so. I get into this this brain where I'm like I'm listening to the podcast, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm a part of it. I'm Shungmani too. <laughs> and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Oh, cha.